0: We'd like to take a second before this episode to thank our sponsor for this episode, Iowa Sports Supply. Iowa Sports Supply is locally owned and operated. and has been providing quality sporting goods, uniforms, and corporate apparel for high schools, colleges, corporations, and Iowa communities for over 60 years. With your next team or corporate need, please visit iowasports.com. The Shooter's Touch and Iowa Sports Supply would like to remind you to support local businesses and shop local this holiday season. We welcome head boys basketball coach at Appleton Parkersburg High School, Aaron Thomas, to the podcast this week. Aaron grew up like most of us did here in small town Iowa and played any sport that he could. He references several times during the pod that his favorite sport was whatever sport was in season. He ended up excelling more so at the game of basketball and accepted a scholarship to play at Drake University here in Des Moines. We talked to him extensively about his the struggles of rebuilding that program at Drake and then how that ended up for him his senior year. He had a GA role at a smaller school in Minnesota after he graduated from Drake and then moved back here for his first head coaching job at Union LaPorte City. After that stint at Union uh, was about 11 years ago when his father was tragically murdered and that opened up an opportunity at his hometown, home high school, Appleton Parkersburg. Jumped on that opportunity and has been there ever since. It was fun to connect with Aaron from being hometown in a neighboring town of Appleton Parkersburg. It was fun to watch his high school teams in any sport really, really dominate. And, you know, you could tell how, how hard they worked and how, how well they played together, primarily because of the wins that they had in really every sport. We hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Again, Aaron Thomas, head basketball coach at Appleton Parkersburg High School.
1: I got the shooters' touch. Can't nobody shoot
2: like me. Fourth quarter down, three, need a two, and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a shooter, I'm ice cold like a cooler. Get you right though, walking tool This step might flow, I'm a hooper. I got blue faces, so blue faces.
0: I'm Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the shooter's touch. This week, we have head boys basketball coach at Appleton Parkersburg High School, Aaron Thomas. Coach, welcome
1: to The Shooter's Touch.
2: Hey, Thanks so much for having me on, guys.
1: Yeah, Coach, we appreciate you taking some time. How's uh, how's everything on that side of the state? How's the family doing?
2: Hey, family's doing well. It's hard to believe I got a senior um, this year, so, so I don't know. I don't feel like it was that long ago I was a senior, so... <laughs> three kids. It'd be a unique experience for me coaching this year. I have a senior son, a freshman son, and I then I have a seventh grader as well. Uh, three boys and my poor wife has to deal with all of us. But, you know, everybody's healthy and doing well and we're getting excited for, you know, our, our seasons to kick off here and get going.
1: Well, we'll get into this a little bit, but since you brought it up, what's it like coaching your own kid at that level?
2: You know, I think I have a unique perspective because I, I was I was the kid coached by my dad. It was football. Um, but to have that experience, I think I learned some to-dos and not-to-dos um, probably. And, and you know, my kids would be the first to tell you nobody gets yelled at more. And that's, that's kind of what I grew up with, uh, the same lines. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, being fortunate to play college basketball, do whatever, my, my fondest athletic moments were still playing for my dad and, and be able to share those. And I hope. All three of my boys will someday say the same thing. Uh, I can say, you know, with my oldest being able to coach him, Owen, that that my favorite coaching moments have been on the floor with him. And, you know, hopefully we'll have a, a good senior year for him and some experiences and memories that, that we can hang on to.
1: That's great how everything comes full circle. And you mentioned your childhood. So tell us a little bit about that. What was it, uh, what was it like for you growing up? Um, what was the neighborhood like, siblings, um, competitive level? Obviously, the three of us kind of come from similar backgrounds as far as Uh, sports heavy communities on the smaller side and wish that uh, if there was a ball we probably picked it up and started playing.
2: Yeah for me it was uh, you know sports have always been uh, a piece of who I am from the as young as I can remember. I could remember going up to the weight room with my dad Um, you know obviously coaching football. I'd be at almost every practice from the time I could stay out of the way on my own which is probably about third grade when I think I finally got to go up there and because oh, my dad was extremely focused. There was no, I wasn't going to run up and ask him for a snack or if I had to go to the bathroom, none of that was going to fly. So um, I could say it was, I think about third grade before I got to go to those things. But, you know, I can even remember uh, my dad was also the athletic director and being able to come up and hang out in the gym um, as he set up for, for games. And I get to shoot with high school kids and, you know, in my role now as a principal, when I, I see those high school kids seem so young, but to our elementary. And I talked to our guys and our students, an awful lot guys and gals, just about the impact they play on on the elementary kids um, in their community. And that was something I I learned firsthand to me, you know, as a third, fourth, fifth grader, you know, seeing Iowa Hawkeye or Iowa State Cyclone, it was a bigger deal to me to to be able to talk and hang out with, with the kids who went, then it was just Parkersburg, but, you know, Applington, Parkersburg, and it doesn't matter what high school. Um, you go to, it doesn't honestly matter how many sports games you win. I and When I've been fortunate enough to travel around and speak a little bit, I talk to the, the high school kids all the time. They're the most influential people in small town Iowa because every adult, senior citizen in the community wants to be proud of them, will come to your game. And every elementary kid wants to be you. And just that role and those experiences from, from small town, you, you get to take that. But um, you know, for me, um, great childhood, um, grew up with a, a great neighborhood. We played in the summer baseball every single day in my backyard. We were the Chicago Cubs. We have Josh Timmers, a sports legend in the Des Moines area. He was Rick Sutcliffe and would pitch for us every single day. And um, my brother, who was four years younger than Josh, two years younger than me, he would play first. And then Aaron Maitland and I would be the outfield and, and we'd call different groups of kids to play every day. But we literally played baseball every day and then moved to football and we'd play either in my backyard or up on the practice field, um, get guys together and just play pickup football. And then basketball, we go up and it was the same thing. We play outside all day. Um, and, and those are the things, you know, when I I think back to my childhood, how fortunate we didn't have the old cell phones and, you know, our parents didn't organize everything wasn't a rec league. And, and honestly, I think such leadership was formed because whether it was a foul, not a foul, a penalty, not a penalty, a strike, a ball and out, That all got worked out out there. It wasn't mom or dad and some paid umpire who's getting yelled at by 40, 50-year-old adults. You know, we just figured it out. And and I think, you know, I wish we could go back to some of those times, but feel fortunate to to be a kid when I was and uh, to have the childhood friends and neighborhood that I grew up in. You know, our neighborhood, you know, the crazy thing now with the phone, I could still go down and tell you everybody's phone numbers still today that we called to try to get the game together. And and then we get together, and if it was a big game, we go play by the fire station because we needed more room. Or at the elementary, if it was a smaller game, that's when it was in our backyard. So, um, great memories for like I said for for me, and I think for a lot of the guys who who grew up in Parkersburg um, a long time ago in the late 80s, early 90s.
1: How big an impact do you think it has on athletes um, to be able to play multiple sports? Obviously, you guys are in a situation where, um, you know, your school, you almost have to have kids that the athletes have to play multiple sports. But, um, you know, we're seeing more of a specialization, especially down here in our area. But uh, how big is it as far as kids to maybe participate in a sport that they're not as good at overcoming adversity? How big an impact do you think that had on your career and, and today's kids?
2: I think it was just huge, and, you know, I can say I felt for it because I can honestly say during football season, football was my favorite sport. During basketball season, basketball was my favorite sport. No, I'm not going to stretch. I don't think track was ever my favorite sport. I did it, but it wasn't my favorite, Um, but I thought it made me better. But, you know, I I think the bond of of when you play for your buddies, and, and so if, let's say, you know, football wasn't my favorite sport, but I know it's my best friend's favorite sport. Well, I'm willing to put it on the line for him because I know come winter, what matters to me, he's going to be there to help me. And it's, it doesn't become so much about you and in our society and our culture today, whether it's a specialization, um, whether it's you know playing on different club teams, a U team, whatever, it can become about you in a big time hurry. And I, I think the the beauty of sports is being a part of something bigger than yourself. And And whether it's your favorite, not... And you can't put a price tag on competing. Um, you know, that, that was the beauty of track. It, it was the ultimate competition, not only just against yourself every single race, um, but against somebody else right there beside you. You know, as a, a basketball guy, I love high school wrestling because I don't know if there's anything more where a kid has to put themselves out there and on the line more than what they do in the sport of wrestling when it's just one-on-one. And again, as a basketball guy, I think basketball is the greatest team sport there is and um, absolutely love watching a group come together with one basketball, you have to become unselfish. And if it's just about how much you score, or if I get to start or how much I play, you know, you're doing yourself and your teammates a disservice, which is going to affect you later in life, whether it's through marriage, um, whether it's raising a family, whether it's at work, where you work with other people, because I'm sure there's times you and Adam don't always have 100% the same. Like, I'm guessing Adam somehow won out on this interview with me. Uh, Brian, I'm guessing you're like, who are we calling? Why would we call him? So... (laughs) You know, it's just part of the deal. And, uh, but I think the beauty of, of small town playing those multiple sports with your buddies and, and knowing what really matters to them ends up really mattering to you. Um, and, and that's something I just, uh, I'm afraid we're losing uh, a little bit by um, the, the, the time I ask and, and even the competitiveness. You know, when you look at some of those bigger schools, it's hard to be that multi sport athlete. And, and, you know, I give Cedar Falls High School credit, I don't think they follow the 4A plan. I mean, you look at their basketball team, they won, you know, those state titles. A lot of those guys play football. A lot of those guys play baseball. It's, it's, uh, so there are still some who do it, but I do know it's a tougher and tougher thing to do um, just with the competitiveness and the skill set. I mean, kids are so talented today, um, and they do put in the time. They do put in the effort, um, but I do love to just see kids compete. And I think at the end of the day when they're in college, if, if that's what they end up doing, their ceiling so much higher. They have so much more room to grow because they haven't focused 12 months a year just on one thing.
1: You mentioned the the football and the wrestling. Obviously, being a basketball player myself and having tons of um, wrestling buddies at Algona, I mean, football was the one time in which we came together and we were boys and we were buddies. And it was always kind of sad that when the season ended in the fall because we knew for the rest of the winter we weren't going to see each other. I mean, you see each other, but you don't. It's just not right. the same.
2: Different schedules, different, yeah. Nope, you're you're spot on, and that is the, you know, the ultimate unifier with, with athletics, and just that common bond, and, and everybody working hard for one purpose, and you know that's that is a a great great thing that that kids need to experience.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's uh real quick, let's just breeze through. Um, have to give us a little bit of a fresher. What was your high school teams like? Uh, Do you have um, one sport that maybe you guys were a little bit more or achieved a little bit more? What was your what was your high school career like?
2: I was really, really fortunate. Um, you know, my uh, high school, we were blessed with a lot of success. I was an eighth grader when Applington and Parkersburg merged. Um, so, so, through my seventh grade year, it was just Parkersburg. And then when we merged, you know, I felt fortunate. Parkersburg wasn't great at basketball. Um, Applington had just come off winning two state titles when it was just Applington. And, and as a guy who loved basketball, I was excited to, to have that. I watched Applington in the state tournament. Um, Parkersburg, we were a football community. Um, you know, my dad was the head coach, uh, a lot of success. But for me in high school, we won the state um, football championship my freshman year. Um, that year um, we went, we had a, a down year. I was fortunate enough to play as a, a freshman for Coach Dorn as they had graduated t- during the freeze, and some talented guys um, able to start. And we went, I think we were 15 and, and, and seven my freshman year. And you would have thought the world had ended being 15 and seven in basketball um, you know, and then, and then in track we competed. It wasn't, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what we did. I think we won conference track my freshman year, but my dad got a lot of grief. The track was spring football. Um, he, he did a lot. We ran a lot. Um, I don't know if we always won a lot of track meets and we weren't always real fast, but you know, those were the three sports I played in high school. Then my sophomore year, um, we're in a very talented, uh, football district. We went seven and two, lost, lost to Wapsie Valley. And, and Iowa Falls. Both teams made the semifinals, of the state playoffs that year. Junior year, uh, sophomore year basketball, we went 20 and 2. Um, played uh, in the state or in the district final game. Actually, I got a concussion in such a different time. I got dope for loose ball and Luke Sabres, who was a great athlete at Jessup. I still tell him to this day he deliberately kicked me in the back of the head, hit my chin on the floor, but Knox still, still played the entire game, not knowing what was going on, got done. My parents loaded me in the van, took me to the hospital. Um, but to go 20-2, and two, my sophomore year, junior year, uh, made the state football playoffs again, got beaten the first round, went to the state basketball tournament as a junior with some some great teammates, got beaten the first round. And then my senior year, we would finish runners-up in football to Iowa Falls, um, who was in our district. We beat them earlier that year. And had we just not let, they scored with two minutes left. If we wouldn't let them score, they wouldn't even made the playoffs. And it was truly our only close game in the postseason uh, in, in football, our only close game all year. And then in basketball that year, we ended up getting third. We got beat on a, a buzzer beater to go to the championship game by St. Ansgar and then Bondurant for our end up winning that year. So, you know, it helped to have some great teammates with a lot of, you know, Aaron Kampman uh, who played at Iowa. When I was a freshman, Jared DeFries was there. So I'm playing, you know, think, and, and he was a heck of a basketball player, ultra competitive, but he was a starting center uh, my freshman year in basketball, Brad Meester, who was a, a pro long career, you know, he was two years older than me, great basketball player as well, I had Aaron Buss, one year older, who started for two or three years at UNI in football, so I had some guys around me, um, without a doubt, um, that, that made us, made it an awful lot of fun, and uh, we were able to, to have quite a bit of success, uh, we had great coaches, had great participation and great involvement. And it wasn't just the stars. Our role players were guys who showed up every day. But uh, truly, truly fortunate to be able to experience the the athletic successes we were able to have here at AP when I was in school.
1: Coach, I got to admit, your recall is unbelievable. I mean, the fact (laughs) that you're able to go through and remember each of those seasons. (laughs) One thing, obviously, talks about your recall. But two, and we've said it several times on this podcast before, is Playing with your buddies, the kids that you grow up with, those times in high school, you know, we all all went on and played at college and have great experiences and memories from those. But for whatever reason, like we remember those high school games and we hang on to those high school games way longer than we do anything after that.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, in my household growing up in a football household is bad. I could tell you pretty much the football records from nineteen eighty all the way through, <laughs> which is sad and I you know, year we didn't go by graduation dates. We went by falls that the kids last played football, but um, yeah, like you said, you're spot on the, the, your memories, it's hard to replace high school um, and, and those experiences you have. Whether you're playing the state championship or even if, if, if it wasn't a as a successful season, it still is a bond with your buddies that you, you grew up with, and there's just something special about that.
1: Absolutely and then just real briefly what you you touched on it earlier but playing for your dad and obviously the legacy in which that he built and you know being the athletic director just being fully involved and invested in that community Um, obviously you come full circle we'll talk about you there coaching and filling that role but uh, what was it like as a kid coming up you mentioned it kind of just being a gym rat field rat I mean you were there you were involved in everything in that community and the sports community specifically.
2: Yeah it was it was uh, you know, everything was just a big deal things just... Revolve around the high school, and I think if you go to small towns, a lot of them still do that. But for me, you know, the the, the uniqueness of the Friday night, my dad being at work, it was a chance to spend time with him. Um, you know, because every home activity he was at, whether it was, you know, it, we didn't sit down and eat a whole lot of suppers together. It was grab a quick eat when you could um, get back up to the school. And but for me, like I said, to be around those high school kids. Um, the guys you look up to the guys you got kind of got to know and, and there were so many guys who were so great to my brother and I to do that but to see the the community the support whether it was uh, you know the beginning of football season we'd have 100 people sitting up watching football practice and football camp and just the big deal it was I think the way my dad bled it and it was just so important to him all the time um was something that that I, don't, it was, I didn't realize it at the time till you, you go somewhere else or you see different things, just how unique and special it was. But the energy, I think, that came with it, it was uh, when people are passionate, people are attracted to it. And without a doubt, I think that's why I went into education. That's why I do what I did, because I didn't think my dad had a job. I didn't think he went to work. I just really, really thought he liked high school kids and athletics and especially football.
0: Well uh I don't necessarily want you to give away all your secrets here but uh with that list of professional athletes out of a smaller community like AP in the surrounding areas what's what's the secret there
2: You know it listen to my dad do all those interviews about he he would always say it was the families they came from uh it was their willingness to work hard and and you know the weight room the extra things that they would do conditioning wise but I I in the end of the day, I think it was just the competitiveness uh, that that those guys and many others were just willing to embrace that, that competitiveness, and they weren't afraid of anything. They weren't afraid to put themselves out there, uh, and that with their work ethic carried those guys an awful long ways and to, to play as many years as they did, but when it came down to it, that was, that was kind of it. Casey Wigman being our first pro, uh, and he was just from Parkersburg, uh, was a graduate of Parkersburg, but, you know, it was not uncommon to see him running hills by himself in the summer on a, Saturday, uh, on a Saturday, on a Friday night, and just so focused on what it is he wanted to do. And I think that set the tone for those other guys who came after of how hard you have to work, how dedicated you have to be to it. And it wasn't just, like I said, wasn't just those guys that, that had some God-given tools without a doubt to play at that next level, but they they made themselves, because none of them had exactly the, the, you know, all the heights, weights, measurements. It was funny, you know, Brad Meester, uh, Nobody thought he'd be big enough. That's why Iowa and Iowa State passed on him. And he ends up being our biggest guy playing 12 years all at Jacksonville. But he made himself. He he set that goal and he didn't carry it up at, at UNI versus versus Iowa or whatever. Um, he believed, I think from the time he left here, he had to go play professional football and he did everything in his power to get there. And I think you could say that about Aaron Campman, Jared DeFries with his motor his energy but you know i really credit casey for being the first telling all of us that hey you can do whatever it is you want to do
0: yeah that's uh you know being from Ackley, being from close from there you know that's a that was always a conversation about you know what's in the water over there you know how are they doing and and it's it's interesting for you or it's interesting to hear you say that because it's you know especially nowadays i think the entitlement is uh is running, running rampant in high schools, middle schools, whatever age it is. But a lot of, um, you know, a lot of these guys that are in college playing, playing on an athletic team or in, in uh, the NFL, NBA, whatever it is, you know, it, it comes down to how much you want to work. There is talent, but you know, that, that hard work, you just can't, you can't get past that.
2: No, the, the, and that's it, Adam. I think you're spot on, you know, and I don't care what level, I mean, playing, you know, mid-major basketball, that's hard, and you, it's a skill set, and you have to do things that others aren't, everybody wants to win, and everybody wants to have success, but I would say few are willing to do the little things, or yeah. put in that extra time, and that folk the laser focus, and commitment you got to have to that, because there are other things, you have to make decisions and choices on, on what you're going to do with your time, and, and that's, that's not always
0: easy. Yeah, um, well, that's a great transition here into uh, your college career, Um, I guess let's maybe start off here with, with, with your recruiting, with your recruiting process. You know, what, uh, when did, when did you start the recruiting process? How'd that go for you and what ultimately made you make that decision?
2: Yeah. You know, for me, uh, was, was fortunate, like I said, to to play as a freshman, um, in high school on some good teams, uh, with good history. Um, you know, Darren Defries was a senior, my eighth grade year. So he was a four year starter for coach Dorn at point guard. He goes to the University of Northern Iowa, and then that next year I started as a freshman. Um, so for me, I had a guy who kind of set the, the path with, with Darren, um, and so got to work out with him often, um, and was a great mentor, friend, role model to me, but to watch him, to follow that, to see his example, his lead, and, and for me, going to UNI basketball camps at a young age, learning the drills, and being willing to come home, I just loved it. And so I do all those things all summer on my own. And, you know, for me, the recruiting really picked up probably about my junior, junior year. It's so different now there was no prep hoops and, you know, they, nobody was ranked and there was two AU teams, big AU teams. When I was a kid, you could either play for the Iowa basketball coaches association or you played for Martin brothers. You know, I was fortunate. I played for Gary Ryman, the Iowa, Northeast Iowa stars or hustlers. I can't remember what the heck we were called for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, my junior year, uh, did play Martin Brothers, got got asked to play with them and, and had a great team and traveled around a little bit. And, and Drake was early, I think, through my high school. They watched uh, my junior year. I think Coach Kanasky got hired um, and was one of the first people they came in myself, Justin Oll, being another one who was my college roommate. Um, but I know that that spring of my junior year, they were at our AU games, and had offered um, pretty early. I had Indiana State. Uh, coach um, Lansing was an assistant there at the time, but being an Iowa guy, he was actually the head coach at Des Moines Roosevelt, and I went down to a camp, so got to know him well, so he, they recruited me. Uh, Creighton was probably the smartest school. I was Creighton's number two behind Sears, and I think Drake took, me, I was Drake's one, Sears was two, so poor decision by Coach Kanasky, probably, in that process, but you know, and then and then there was schools in the south. You know, smaller D1 schools um, that I just they were too far from home. I wasn't going to go that far. Um, and and you know, for me, my dad was such an influential piece. He really liked Coach Kanasky and Drake staff. Marty Bell was an assistant there as well. And um, you know, at the time, you and I played in the dome. You and I didn't offer me right away. Uh, there was a kid out of Chicago um, that they were high on and had offered. And I'll never forget, we were at UNI team camp back when they played in the Dome uh, the summer of my senior year. And our high school team, we're we're small town. You know, we're playing this big team out of Illinois. And uh, that game, I just happened to play extremely well and, and really outplayed the kid. And, and Coach Cox, who's still at UNI, him and Coach Miller walked me up in their office. And Speed Limber goes with me and I office. Of, but, you know, for me, I just felt UNI was there. Um, our Drake was there from the start. Um, the Knapp Center. At that time, they were playing basketball in the Dome, which wasn't ideal at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal at the time. And, you know, at the end of the day, I knew Coach Miller probably had one year left. Um, and that was a scare. You know, Drake sold me on the idea of rebuilding. Um, and uh, I knew Justin Olwell. Uh, at that time, Joe Breckenridge still is was one of my best friends. And he hadn't quite got the offer. he had a lot of D2 schools. The, all the Dakota schools really wanted Joe. Um, you know, you and I had not offered him. That came later in the spring. And I thought maybe Drake would take Joe as well. But that was kind of the, it for me. And I think it was September. I remember I had my official home visit. Coach Kanasky, Coach Bell came up and had a great meeting. And they just before they left, they just said, just so you know, Aaron, we're going to meet with Ryan Sears tomorrow. The scholarship's yours. But, it, you know, if it's not accepted, it's going to be whoever takes it first. Um, and so I called coach Kanaski that night as he was driving home, accepted that to, to Drake. And like I said, it was September. Um, and it was, you know, a relief to know I I visited once just Drake. I didn't really visit anywhere else. I'd been at UNI enough and, um, didn't want to go clear out to Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, Creighton was interested, but like I said, I think I was their backup plan. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to Stetson or some of those Southern places.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, uh, Obviously, the recruiting process has changed a little bit over the years uh you know with with official visits with you know being able to connect with players and stuff like that but uh yeah that's is a great story um I asked this to a lot of um i guess a lot of the guests that we have who have played college basketball, what do you think is the biggest transition that is needed from high school um high school into college?
2: you know I think the biggest thing is 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 kids need to reset goal and and this is going to sound probably nowhere near what anybody else is going to say but I think they got to reset goals you know I don't know about you but but for me it was okay to get a division one scholarship but then when I got to Drake I looking back now reflecting I I didn't set I had some goals but I wasn't near as hungry or didn't set those same goals like I did to get to there And I think that's one thing that, that if I could go back and do it again, I I failed on that. And then I just think, you know, it's part of the process getting stronger um, is such a big thing. Um, You know, I'd say back when I played, it was so much even more physical, you know, there was no freedom of movement. That was no talk. It was, you know, Wichita state grab you with two hands and just follow you the entire time until. but just getting stronger, you know, takes time. Um, you know, getting your, being, getting your shot off quicker. And I think high school kids now are getting better at that. But that was the things that, that were biggest things I noticed right away is you just don't have as much time to get that thing off um, that, that you did. But, you know, I, I think it's the mindset almost more than anything. You just got to reprogram that mind to understand, you know, you're starting over. Not that you want to lose your confidence, not that you got to humble yourself, but, but, but going backwards, you know, on those skill set things and then in the weight room you know, you're going to play against 21, 22 year old men and you might be 17, 18, you know, there's some differences that, that that you got to get figured out. But, and that comes with time and maturity, you know, and some guys got that body when they go to college. I was not one of them. I was 175 pounds, maybe 180 on a good day. You know, I just, and trying to guard guys like Rodney Bruford and, and, and some of those bigger strong, you know, Tony Cruns from you and I, I learned in a hurry. I got to lift harder, <laughs> I thought I, yeah. school, yeah. I thought I did in high school.
0: I thought it was different. Yeah. You, you know, it's, that's exactly my experience too, is, you know, the, uh, in the weight room putting so much weight and it's a lot of talk these days too, you know, however, I, I think that um, high school players are more prepared for that nowadays. Um, I mean, cause honestly outside of football season, when I was in high school, I don't, I don't know if I lifted a weight outside of football season. Yeah. You, and I mean, you know, as I said, that's just, it doesn't happen nowadays either, but um yeah. Well, you mentioned, um, obviously, the rebuilding process. They kind of sold you on that. Um, And your record, you know, first couple years kind of showed that. However, uh, you know, junior senior year, you guys made some improvements. What – I guess let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know, it it was. You know, the first year I never experienced anything like my freshman year at Drake. Um, You know, I I don't think I lost 23 games in my high school, all my sports combined, and and to go through that. You know, and probably the flip side, the the thing that probably – skewed me the most is our first game of the year. Um, we play Iowa State um, with Marcus Pfizer, Jamal Tinsley, and the, those guys. And they, they end up almost going to the Final Four, and we beat them in the NAP Center. 46-44. We held them to 40. So I'm like, oh, cow, it's not, what's, what's to this? We just beat these guys. Yeah, nor did we. We didn't win a game after Christmas. Um, but just that experience, you know, to and I, I so feel for the kids now, and you know that 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 you and I and Drake guys don't get to play, have Iowa, Iowa State come to their place, or even go play there. And and Adam, I think you got to experience that. They were still doing; they weren't Big Four yet. But just yep. that energy, you know. Grew up; most of us grew up Hawkeye or or Cyclone fans. Um, you know, being close, I always cheered on you and I followed them because they were close. But like at the end of the day. To, to Carver, Hawkeye, Hilton Coliseum. And then for you to get that experience or better yet when they came to your place um, and just the energy and that experience was, was, was a great, great thing. And, you know, I think at Drake, I had so many different teammates. I don't know if we ever, t- part of the tough rebuild, we never had the same guys. I had so many different teammates throughout my, my college career. And, and honestly, you know, our junior year, uh, Matt Woodley was a senior. Um, we were we had a, a very nice team good team lost a lot of close games because I don't think we knew as a collective group how to win we had guys who had won all the way through but as a collective group we hadn't won um, and I think part of the rebuilding is it, you do got to get over the hump win some of those games and then my senior year um, was actually uh, coach brought in some junior college guys and I went from being played off the bench as a freshman uh, started my sophomore and junior year to beginning of my senior year I was getting, Five minutes a game. Um, they brought some guys in um, junior college kids that were unbelievably talented and, and I can remember for the first the, the frustration or whatever I felt um, but also thought back to my childhood uh, you know you stay with it you work as hard as you can and if an opportunity comes you got to be ready well at end of the trimester or semester we end up having four guys flunk out of school and so we go down to seven scholarship players and it was great because I went from kind of, you know, in high school, I was always a point guard. And I had to play, uh, played more of the two, three. Matt Woodley was a great point guard. Um, but all of a sudden, we get down to seven scholarship guys. And being kind of a basketball guy, you know, I all of a sudden got to play point guard again. And I was playing 36 minutes a game. And I knew coach couldn't really take me out uh, because there was nobody there. So to play with confidence. And we had not won a road Missouri Valley game my first three years at Drake. So every road... Was a yeah wow yeah awful, and uh, you know the first time we lose those guys we go um, and we win at Redbird Arena and at the time they were a top three team in the valley and then our next road trip we go to Missouri State and we win down there, and uh, they were a top four team in in our league and I think the unity and the way that finished um, for to to my senior year at Drake was a, a great memory for me personally got to have you know, played a lot of minutes. I shot the ball with confidence for the first time since I'd been in high school. Um, was doing it with some of my best friends who had been there, you know, Justin Oll and I roomed together every year at college. And for us to get to be able to experience that together with Joe Gaw, who, who came in was a fellow freshman with us, um, Greg Danielson, who was an Iowa guy. Um, it was just a, a great way to kind of conclude. And, um, you know, we wish we you know, would have won more than we did but but I was proud of where we went and and uh, kind of some of the things we did not obviously you know everybody always oh you went to Drake you know we were there Dr. Tom no I was there when we still weren't very good um, but, but just the same um, it, I still cherish that experience I learned so much about basketball uh, I took some things coaching wise pros and, and things I do and things I won't do um, from that experience, but all in all, very, very fortunate for the experience I had at Drake University, the people I came in contact with, the coaches I learned from, and the teammates I had.
1: You mentioned the the grades thing. Obviously, that's been that one thing with Drake is uh, the standards and the GPA in which that they've held themselves to and, and have put them at a little bit of a competitive disadvantage from time to time, but um, while you were there, what did you study? What did uh, you end up getting your degree in?
2: I was actually elementary education, um, was my degree. You know, I first started high school. I thought I wanted to do high school history, and I'll never forget one of my first experience uh, as a freshman, which I loved about Drake's education department. Like, I was in schools my freshman year, so I'm three months removed from AP High, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting at, at North High School in Des Moines. And let's just say it was a little different than what I was used to. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I ended up going elementary. I don't know why. Uh, looking back because you know now I love being in the high school level that's the setting I should have been at and, and loved history American history especially um so that was my emphasis in elementary education and um so did that and graduated in four years and and uh was able to get a great degree from a great institution
1: but uh your Drake education wasn't done there right did you go back and end up getting your master's from Drake as well
2: I did actually right after I graduated high school. I thought I wanted to coach, or right after I graduated from Drake the first time, I, I thought I wanted to play college or coach college basketball. So I was fortunate. I got a GA position at St. Cloud State up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, with uh, Matt Reimer, who's the head coach now. He was an Iowa guy, uh, had coached me at Future Stars like when I was a little guy. So I got in there for one year as a GA and realized that, that you know, I thought I knew everything probably at 22, wanted to be a head coach. high school, I got married, my wife's from Parkersburg, but, you know, we want to get closer to family, and and then Union High School in Port City had a job open, so that's how I applied uh, for Head Boys Basketball, and I was high school at risk, and uh, looking back, I'm fairly confident I was the only person who wanted the Union High Basketball job because they were (laughs) not very good, Um, uh, and not a lot of tradition, unbelievable wrestling school, (laughs) and I can remember my dad talking like, are you sure you want to, you know, is this the, the right job? Are you thinking... But when I was in school, Union had good basketball. Um, so I had seen them win there before. And like I said, I was 22 and thought I knew everything and wasn't afraid of it. But I ended up getting my, my master's from Drake um, in administration when I was at Union. It was athletic director and then they wanted to make me assistant principal. Um, and to do that, part of the deal was I had to go back and get my master's administration. So also got that degree from Drake and that's what I use now as, as a high school principal here at AP.
1: Well good I like to hear that I I also have my masters in teaching from Drake so uh I know the program and uh, uh I definitely enjoyed the school so that's not a, not a bad thing to have but uh yeah so you talked about it so transitioning then to your current position um how did that kind of all come about um and then tell us a little bit about uh the many roll the many roles or many hats that you wear now
0: Yeah
2: so for me you know I started like I said after St. Cloud for just one year went to Union High School uh and Lived in LaPorte City, worked at the high school and absolutely loved it there. And, you know, took over uh, a program that didn't have a lot of, they. They like I said, they were very, very good in the, in the mid-90s when I was in school. We battled then my junior and senior year for the conference championship and then kind of fell on some hard times and um, went there and was able to kind of get things going. It, it took six years and we made it to the state tournament for the first time in union school history and had some guys who just played hard. Um, you know, Speed Limerick, who, friend of mine and basketball guy said, when he'd walk us, watch us walk in the gym, you wouldn't have picked us to beat anybody, but it was some of the toughest guys um, that i had ever coached, and, and, you know, for, for me, the, the, the process, that whole process was, you know, starting youth basketball there, um, and kind of getting my fingerprints on that, and then you know, the group that so bought in right away when I came there and those guys were so eager and hungry and we went and we won nine games. They'd only won two games a year before and, you know, just the excitement and energy and it built, but it took six years. Um, and then we had a special group. Michael Bruns was our point guard and he's now a baseball coach and AD at Calmus Wheatley. Um, kid very proud of. I had the Mark and Eric Jesse, the Jesse twins who could really play and Jared Waters was only a freshman, sophomore. And then I had uh, um, Garrett Woodson, uh, who teaches down in Des Moines PE? Um, was a great track athlete, um, but to take those guys and to accomplish what we did and to get to the state tournament was such a great uh, experience. Then my last year at Union, um, we played in the sub state again. We were up 18 in the sub state game in uh, in the first half, and, and there's a block charge call. We'll just say went the wrong way uh, before <laughs> half, and we end up getting beaten overtime, and that was a killer. But that was the end of my experience at Union because uh, then that summer, my dad was tragically killed. Um, and I was asked to you know, talk to Mr. Thompson, um, who was a superintendent. Uh, the tornado had hit a year before, so 13 months prior to my father's passing. So our new high school wasn't even done here. Um, then to lose my dad, the Applington and Parkersburg communities had been through quite a bit um, and was asked, you know, talk to Mr. Thompson, different conversations on if I'd be interested in coming to AP. Open the new high school, be the athletic director, and um, did that. And then the basketball position did come open, um, and and was able to. You know, we were kind of starting from scratch. Basketball had slipped a little bit at AP. They'd went to the state tournament two thousand four, hadn't had a lot of success since that point, And then uh, took that over in two thousand nine, and and it took six years at AP to get back to the state tournament. So. Both my, if you look at my career records at both places, the six-year track was very, very similar Uh, to get to be able to get back to the state tournament. And and both places was fortunate enough to have kids, whether it was year one, year six, that really bought into what it is we were trying to do, gave great effort. Um, And then youth coaches, because I think to to build a high school program, it's got to start with your youth or you're never, ever going to get it turned. Um, Had some great dads who were willing to help. Um, put in a lot of time for us to, to get AP going a little bit in basketball and now you know I think year 12 here I think um, you know we should have a pretty good group we, we've won I think since since we went to the state tournament those last six years to go to the state tournament twice and I think win three conference titles and win 80 plus percent of our games has been an awful lot of fun
1: so talk to me a little bit about this balance between being the AD and the the head um, basketball coach. Um, my first question always with this is, is, how does the officials work? Do you really hire your own officials, or what's the deal there? Oh,
2: well, They're all assigned. I, I <laughs> probably have nobody come work otherwise. <laughs> I'm not, you know, people watch me coach, I think they think I'm a complete maniac, and they're not wrong um, <laughs> with that. I'm not the same person on the court. You know, the bad part when you get to be our age, that's as close to competing as we get. Um, anymore. But no, we have an assigner. Uh, you know, and and I switched roles six years ago. So now I'm just a high school principal. I said it's probably an uh, easier job being the principal now than 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 it is to be the AD. But uh, um, you know, it's definitely a balancing act to to get all those things done and to be here. And you got to have a lot of support from, from other administrators in your district willing to help out and, and cover some of those responsibilities, whether it's crowd control. When I was the AD, um, you know, helping, you know, I could get the officials because the girls games and whatnot, but during halftime of our games and after our games, and it just took uh, both schools. I have worked at Union and Applington, Parkersburg, uh, had a lot of great other fellow administrators and even teachers willing to help out to make that thing happen.
1: Yeah, no, it's always, always one of those things that I always wonder and um, interested on how that works. But uh, like I said, at, th- at that level, you got to wear a lot of hats and that's just yeah, kind of part of it. Sure. It comes with the territory. Yeah. Hey so obviously grew up in a, in a house with a coach um had a heavy heavy influence on you and, and probably a lot of things that you still do today but who who are some of the people that maybe you haven't brought up that uh, are coaching influences of yours and maybe how has your philosophy changed coaching philosophy within basketball as the game has changed since since you came on
2: Yeah you know like I said uh, I think my biggest coaching influence without a doubt is still my dad and I think that was just all on how to relate to kids um how to work hard, how to be prepared, um, with scouting reports, watching film, doing all those little things. Um, that was a big piece. X and O's wise coach can ask you with such a basketball mind, um, learned an awful lot from him from that standpoint, um, watching the X and O's piece, but it's changed so much. You know, one of the biggest influence for me, Marty McCown at WAPT, he's probably one of my, you know, best friends in the, the coaching, um, side of things in, in, seeing as he kind of changed and talking to because at Union, you know, when I was at Drake, we practiced defense so much, and we were so good defensively. Well, I learned we can be really good defensively. At some juncture, you got to put the thing in the basket. And so changing And my practices now from my kids now couldn't do what we did at Union. I mean, those guys were tough, hard, and we, we guarded all day long. We guarded, we guarded, and we shoot so much now. You know, I got a little more Coach Mack in me, you know, let it fly. Coach McDermott and watching, you know, even for me, it was huge to be able to go watch you and I practice, whether it was Coach Mack, Coach Jacobson have had big impacts on me from just watching their practices and the drills and the things they did there. Um, And and honestly, Coach Dorn, who was my high school coach, still impacts me. Uh, Very good basketball mind. You know, his philosophy with playing zone, the reason he played zone, he said, most high school teams will have seven or eight man-to-man plays, and they'll have two things they're going to do against zone so you can take away what they're going to do so much simpler it was easier for kids so that's impacted me and i still use that and then jason Berkey, you know coaches with me now and he's a big zone beat knows but he's a big zone guy um with that so so that's i've transitioned a little more zone since i came back to ap and then other guys i, I love watching villanova play um jay wright you know obviously don't but the, the way villanova they're simple but they're so solid and everything they do, and I think there's something to be said about that simplicity, but knowing your your young people, knowing exactly what you want of them, um, but so I'm all over the board with with people who've impacted me, you know, Speed Lindberg, his energy, he was my high school coach and assistant, you know, maybe the worst end game coach I've ever seen, because he gets so wound up and hyper, um, but maybe the best practice coach I've ever seen of what he gets out of kids, so, and he knows that I love him, but uh, all those factors. And I think for any coaches, you know, you got to make it you, you, you got to know who you are as a coach and be true to yourself. Cause I can't go try to do just cause you and I is doing this or Darren is doing this at Drake. You know, I, if that's not who my players are um, you know, we don't have a shot clock. So half the things in the college game you, you can't necessarily do cause it's different. Um, and I think being true to myself and, but the, the working hard, those things for my dad, uh, that's not, that's, that impacts me each and every day and knowing what he did to be successful, how to build a program. I was lucky I could see that blueprint because it didn't matter what the sport is. And I can tie that into what we do basketball wise.
0: You know, when you talk about Marty, we, we had him on here too. And I don't know if you listened to his episode, but, um, we also, we referenced with him about how much he's changed as, Mm -hmm. as a coach, number one. I mean, but number two, you know, you see some of Marty's, uh, you see some of Marty's finals of his games. And, you know, I, my memories of Wapsie Valley are when, you know, Brooks was playing and when I was in high school when they're beating teams 98 to 92. And, you know, they they shot 25 or 33s that game. Now their final scores are sometimes 45 to 50. But I think that you kind of mentioned it at the end of that, but speaks to a lot about the high school game where, you know, you don't necessarily, you aren't able to bring kids in, to match your your philosophy so you know the you know your coach philosophy sometimes has to change and so I think it's good that you have all those influences that you can kind of draw from and say okay yeah I remember him saying this I remember him playing this in this situation and uh, you know helps the help helps you as a high school coach I feel like too.
2: Without a doubt Adam and you're you're spot on I mean you can think you want to shoot you know a million threes but if you got two six seven kids you might want to throw it inside a little bit (laughs) you know, and you're going to sit those kids out because you got these, I mean, yeah, it's, it's different. You can't bring in your guys to fit your system. At least most of us can't. And right. so you're to figure out how the heck that works and, and match your skill set with what you got to be as successful as you can be.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I've, we said every time we have a high school coach on here is that you, you guys can't go out and recruit a shooter. So you got to create one. And uh, it, it comes with a complete different challenge. So Hey, Coach, as we look to this year, then, um, just real briefly, on hopefully, fingers crossed, what does this squad uh, look like this year? And, uh, I mean, impact of COVID, and um, what are you guys anticipating throughout your league?
2: Yeah, we're extremely excited. You know, we're, we're 19-3, and um, and we got, I think, five of our top six scores returning from last year. We, we lost uh, a solid group of seniors. They were more of the role players. Uh, Riley Obrow, one kid who started, was our best defender, led us in assists. Um, played since he was a sophomore, a glue guy, not a great scorer, but a glue guy and high basketball IQ. So we got to replace him. But to have uh, you know, our all of our other starters back with, and we started our play Garrett Hempin off the bench last year as a true freshman. So, you know, I feel good about our group. We only have two seniors, uh, Josh Hans, three-year contributor at six seven, and then my son Owen uh, Thomas is six four wing, who, who can shoot it and he's got a lot more athletic. COVID was really good to him. I think he just finally grew in his body uh, a little bit and came out of it stronger and more athletic. Um, um, so those two as seniors will give us great leadership. Then our junior class we had Jaden Mackey, who's a really really good athlete, getting some Division two recruit recruitment. Um, uh, is is not a typical two way athlete with the things he can do. Um, led us in scoring last year was first team all conference unanimous last year as a sophomore. Uh, so we're excited about him. And, and then we got to fill some pieces. Uh, it, our, and then our other junior, Christian Hawks, has a 6'7", 230-pound post player, is very skilled, good touch. So we're excited about what we got. We know we got to build some depth because um, that's what our senior class brought. The guys we brought off the bench were our seniors last year. Um, so we got to fill those in, and, and that could be a wide range of guys, um, from a couple freshmen clear up to some juniors. And I don't know who that will be. Um, but excited to, to get started. I think, for me, the favorite thing of the season is when we get started and, and there's nothing, you know, everybody's earning. We're, we don't have five guys starting and this five guy. I mean, it is intermixed the best I can and watching guys compete against each other. And then, you know, hopefully you st- we stay healthy as a team, but as a state we stay healthy where we can have the full year and at least give us a chance because we have not performed well the last two postseasons. Um, got beaten the first round uh, coming off by his last two years uh, and so I know talking to our junior seniors those guys want to make sure that doesn't happen again and they put in an awful lot of time and effort uh, whether it was shooting outside during COVID this summer when we could get in the gym to seeing them up in the gym at night even now uh, on their own um, it's a group that really really likes basketball and if we'll merge as a team because yeah, we're going to have age groups. Um, and if they'll come together and be unselfish, uh, we're really excited about what might be it. Now, flip side, our league is really, really good this year. you got Wafsie Valley with a lot back from a state championship team in 1A. you got Dyke New Hartford, who has an awful lot back. They're really, really good guards. And I know the prep hoops poll, they had them fifth, us sixth. Denver community has three guys that have played since they were freshmen. Um, and, and they're loaded. They're ranked eighth. Um, so you got four teams on our side of the league getting preseason rankings uh, and preseason rankings mean what they are what they are but there's a lot of experience back and then the rest of our league will be a handful huts and beat us in the tournament they're going to start five seniors uh, unions rebuilt they played very hard last year uh, jessup joe smines does a good job um, so in columbus I, drew rob does a really good job there um, and then sumner fred um, will be in our league and they got a little rebuilding to do as well but uh, we're excited it'll be tough we'll have a lot of great exciting games um, and hopefully we just get them all in and we can have a postseason
0: <laughs> yeah sounds like a very competitive league this year uh, which <clears throat> as you said is always is, is always exciting and yeah I mean everybody we talk to is just kind of up in the air and not really sure what's going to happen especially with you know the with but I guess COVID case is going up now um, and the holidays coming up and stuff. But yes, we, we are hoping that we can get a full season in and, you know, however that might be with fans, without fans, whatever, whatever needs to happen so we can, so we can see some basketball. For (laughs) For sure. Um, Well, uh, we've appreciated the time here, coach. We like to end our podcast with a little section called rapid fire. Brian's going to hit you with a couple really, really hard questions and uh,
1: you just tell us what you think. All right. All right. First one here. Uh, probably easy one. Let's, uh, let's go favorite visiting gym or arena that you've played or coached in
2: played in, I'd say college playing at Hilton and Carver was awesome in the league. I always like playing at Illinois state. I don't know what you thought of it, Adam, but that'd be it.
1: Those are good. That's a new one. I, that's one that we haven't had. So I like it. Um, you take in Jordan or LeBron. Jordan. I figured you come from that era that I thought that was a (laughs) layout.
0: That's been an easy answer for the majority of our guests so far.
1: Um, You have a current book you're reading or one you would recommend?
2: Um, Sacred Acre, the Ed Thomas story. (laughs) That's my recommendation. Um, No, I have not. COVID has not been good for my reading. Um, (laughs) I'm not a great reader to begin with, but with that, it's been even worse.
1: I hear you. I got a sacred acre up on the, up on the nightstand. So, um, so this, this one's coming from Adam, but who wins in a one-on-one right now? If we went out in the gym right now between you and Jason Berkey,
2: it would be me not close. He's <laughs> really I, out of shape, I'm out of shape, but he's worse out of shape.
1: I so. was, I was, I was assuming that was the answer, but
0: I want just want to make
1: sure.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a favorite, uh, favorite golf course.
2: Uh legend trail in parkersburg actually got to go to the masters i'm calling that to, to be there and walk that once was an unbelievable experience without a doubt
1: um i saw the flag that's why i, I wondered uh behind you. International. Yeah. yes um what's the best halloween candy
2: full-size snickers <laughs> reese's peanut butter either or
1: i say you can't go with, snickers is just a staple you can't go wrong that's with that so um you have a favorite basketball shoe
2: no i'm not a big shoe guy that would be berkey uh, i I don't i don't you know for me actually i loved it at drake we got to wear the iversons and those were uh a big deal back in the day yeah they were the best shoes i probably played in
1: (laughs) wow that's interesting so they were a reebok school or you could wear whatever yeah we
2: were reebok we were reebok yeah that's how big our deal was
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to we'll 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 have to get a mail on answer from Berkey after the yeah. podcast.
1: Yes. Um, so uh, assuming games go as scheduled either this year or next, however it works out. But when Adam and I come to a game, where do we got to grab a bite to eat in Parkersburg?
2: Boy, that's a tough one. You know, if you go to and Adam's been there probably Matt's Bar and Grill, very good uh, yep. here in town. You can take a T&L's pizza home with you because that's really good. There's just nowhere to sit in there, so those would be. Uh, <laughs> The two and then, honestly, Legend Trail has really good food as well. Uh, the golf course has the best wing. So it, it depends what you're looking for.
1: Good, good. Um, so kind of a two-fold question. Um, one, obviously, we just had uh, J.O., Justin Ola on. And so was curious to see if you had any uh, any good stories of uh, with him or something you could share.
2: J.O., is probably the most dependable guy uh, I know. He's the one guy I'd call if I had a broke down in the middle of nowhere because uh, ultimate – uh, friend, and J.O. was great roommate. Uh, he and I are both kind of neat freaks, so our dorm room was always actually clean. Uh, the one story I'll tell, it, it never failed, you know, Justin being a good guy, and, and uh, somehow we were walking somewhere, and this is shocking, but Matt Woodley said something to somebody, and somehow J.O. is the one who got punched out of the deal. Had nothing <laughs> didn't, nothing to do with it. I'm like, why he punched? Because J.O. was absolutely put together, and cow just in 6'5", stud but yeah and somehow he's the one who got punched out of that whole ordeal and i don't know how <laughs> to this day how or why but no a lot of great memories with with jail. uh played a lot of card games together uh awful lot of fun playing cards when we were at drake
1: no that's good that, uh, that one will be good um kind of going with that then i was starting to connect the dots as you were you were talking and going through stuff here but do you have anything good to say about the staggy family
2: which one there's a lot of staggies
1: the, Nate, uh, Chris, Jason.
2: Oh, hell, those guys are good basketball guys as well. They actually built my house. They did a pretty good job uh, with that. Good construction.
1: Yep, Yep. old Gavin and the whole crew. So, no, No, that's fun.
2: Yeah, good, definitely uh, very, very good people.
1: So, well, good. And then, hey, last one to end on here, Coach, and uh, we always like to end on a positive note, but uh, tell us a little bit about what is the best thing about not only being involved, but being a head coach in the athlete in Parkersburg School District?
2: I think it's just our, our young people uh, and, and our kids, you know, to be able to coach them. And for me being the principal, to, for them to see me in a different light, uh, is something I, I truly enjoy each and every day. Um, and, and having that opportunity, to the, how hard they work, our, our parents and our, our community, the pride they take in our school. Um, their commitment to our school um, feel extremely fortunate you know for us to have 26 rows of bleachers and for them to be full on Friday nights for basketball and Tuesday to have all our little kids because the one thing I've noticed a lot of gyms do not have little kids at them anymore it's crazy but we have so many young kids at our games and having those little guys they get to every youth team plays at halftime for us they come in the locker room before the game and they do the starting lineups with us so those are the things I most enjoy uh, and feel fortunate about being able to do here in Applington Parkersburg.
1: Well, Coach, we appreciate it. You shared a lot of great insight and uh, great advice, and I imagine that the listeners will appreciate it as much as we did here and uh, you taking the time for us today.
2: Well, I appreciate what you guys are doing for basketball and enjoy uh, being able to to listen every week to what Brian, you, and Adam got going. And and thank you guys for what you do and look forward to continue to listen to other podcasts.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we we really appreciate you listening um, and, and you know, everybody else as well. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you check out your podcast, if you like what you're hearing, obviously give us a five star rating. We would appreciate that. And you can check us out on all of our social media channels on Facebook. Search Shooters Touch on Instagram and Twitter at Shooters Touch I.A. And as usual, Shooters Shoot because right in my mind, hustling
2: harder than ever before. Saying I change girl, I like when I shine the diamonds are different, like Mike in his prime Like
0: shooters touch yeah. Can't nobody ball like me no, 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 Blue face hunters on Hunners on Hunners That's really all I see